What a weekend that was. Two thirds of the way through the season, people. And one thing's for sure, we won't get cold feet on you, dear listeners. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday the 8th of February. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Pete Donaldson. I am disappointed, guys, that neither of you has gone for your full gone for your full ferryman outfit, Jim. Were you tempted? <laughs> I'm actually a little bit frightened because a, a lot of you listening will hear us refer to David Moyes as the ferryman and might not quite know why. I feel like you've missed a joke, so I'll just do a little recap on that. <laughs> uh, I think this was when he took over at West Ham the first time. We made the point that he'd sort of become like the ferryman that ferries souls from the land of the living, i.e. the Premier League, to the land of the dead, i.e. the Champions it was quite disrespectful to everyone involved, really, especially the championship. Uh, obviously, he's turned it around since, but the ferryman thing has sort of stuck. Jonathan Wilson uses the term. It's sort of out there now. He's the ferryman. Um, and he's now dressed like Sharon, the, um, the ferryman that takes souls from the, uh, across the River Styx into hell. And I can't help but feel like it's a personal threat. Uh, like, he's, like West Ham are flying high and he's now dressed like that. As a reminder to me that that's who he is and that he could come for me at any time. I would not be giving him a coin. So it's a cape, it's a cape <laughs> is it, effectively? He's got hood. That's That was the main thing I saw in that post-match after the Fulham game. It's a Grim Reaper's outfit, it's isn't it? It's a Grim Reaper's Let's outfit. Let's be honest. Do we know that that is what the man who travels across the sticks wears or is that just how you yeah, imagine he, it in your febrile in, imagination? In some depictions, he looks like that, yeah. Pete, you are yourself wearing a hood. I think I'm. I'm I am. Yeah, it... I could probably. I could probably do a little bit of a, a scant impression of uh, Moyes. But I, again, I, I wouldn't give um, David Moyes, the ferryman, a, a coin to to pass the other side because he will spend it on a striker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from, yeah, from... and that striker will not be very good. Exactly. So <laughs> it's... he's better off without the coins. Quite frankly, wears them down. Yeah. Maybe it was a threat to Mike Dean <laughs> that he's going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, not in so many, not so overt as that, but just a little, you know, psychological thing to get in his head, get in his weird head after that decision. I like it a lot. I also like that we're talking about the outfit of of football managers in such depth. It's a sort of, it's a neat little sidestep from what normally, you know, normally it's women, isn't it, who get their outfits all all deconstructed. (laughs) But now David Moyes has taken this to a whole new level. And and I guess, Ramblers, um, we're not going to start today's show by talking about that nil-nil draw. Don't you worry about it. We're going to talk about Manchester City's demolition job at the home of the champions. Three Manchester City goals in 10 minutes. That's right. Gundogan Sterling, a beaut from Foden as Liverpool basically just crumbled in a man and wall befitting Luke's favourite team, I guess. Gundogan had a hat-trick nearly, despite skying that penalty yeah. in a slightly ridiculous manner in the first half. <laughs> and then Alisson himself nearly had a hat-trick of Liverpool goals after taking playing out from the back to a new metaphysical level. Jim, do you feel as though this is just ticky-tacker writ large? It's, it's gone massive. He's passing um, to the opposition. I- <laughs> yeah, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to really, really think outside the box quite dangerously. <laughs> I feel like I actually think 
you can argue that Allison was at fault for all of those goals. Because the first one, the parry could have been a lot stronger. The fourth one, he's like obviously his confidence is shot to bits at that point, and he's, <laughs> he's obviously Foden's hit that amazingly, but it is fairly kind of at him. Um, so yeah, I th- I th- it's a surprisingly bad performance from Allison. I guess you're going to get them from even the best goalkeepers in the world, even the best players in the world have off days, and it looks it's it's, it's you know more noticeable when it's a goalkeeper. But um, yeah, City again, they just look so robotic when they need to, don't they? And they they are re- they've really really hit their groove, and it's it's a silky robot at the moment. They they were so so good in that second half in particular. I also like that Gundogan like pretty much roofed both of his goals. He had to go, <laughs> see, that's what I was trying to do with the pen. I'm going to do it to you anyway. So stop laughing at me. I'm having a cracking season. <laughs> Did you? What did you make of this one, Pete? Fourteen games in a row now for City. Are we? Are we done? Is this the title done? <laughs> well, I kind of felt sorry for how the certainly the press dealt with Liverpool because I think Liverpool are a very, very good football team. They're just going through a, a, a rotten bit of luck at the moment. Like nobody could have foreseen that. It's such an amazing, talented footballer going through what he went through, and 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 you know they're playing Hendo at centre back and they're not taking their chances. Ginny Wijnaldum just just seems to be very slow to get the ball out of his feet sometimes. Thiago looked quite ordinary uh, yesterday as well, losing balls, getting needless yellows. Um, but Manchester City, I thought for the first half, looked pretty ordinary uh, at, at times, but they really kicked it, kicked up a gear. Would that result have been much better with? Actual centre backs playing at centre back, Kabaka Davies. Maybe I don't know. I, I yeah. would hazard a guess that it probably wouldn't have been because uh, Manchester City were just incredible. They're finishing uh, quite apart from the roof penalty from um, not roofed over, over the roof yeah. <laughs> penalty. Yeah, the roof uh, wasn't from, involved from apart from the roof from Adam Buxton, Field, I guess. But- yeah, yeah. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit much, but yeah, I, I just felt sorry for Liverpool because everything that could have gone wrong really went wrong, and it all kind of came down to the goalkeeper. Did Liverpool need your pity, Pete? I don't know. I'm sure they'll be happy with all of their money and um, success. <laughs> yeah, people generally are. <laughs> but I think one of the things with Liverpool as well, we t- we've spoken so much about how they are effectively playing t- two of their best midfielders in defence, <laughs> but you you know what doesn't. What doesn't get spoken about as much is how they then missing two of their best midfielders in midfield. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just changes the dynamic and the, and the flow of the team so so much. It's a six it's, pointer. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, it is, isn't it? it? Effectively, it was um, it was a hell of a hell of a half. I'm not going to say game because the first half was a bit rubbish, wasn't it? But I, I think we we needed that because I think there's so much fatigue going around the Premier League. We had that period where like every game was amazing, mm. and when Spurs smashed United at Old Trafford and Villa beat City, uh, uh, sorry. Liverpool rather the same day um, and then it, it's sort of I don't know there's been a lot of plodding tired performances lately but this was this was fantastic like let's go to the Diaz penalty though because I think I find it really strange when defenders especially in the box touch players at all like right. I don't know why he's grabbed Salah's arm there I mean, a lot of people are saying Salah went down easily I think that's probably reasonable but just don't give him the option like I don't it's 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 like he was chasing him down the road, going, "Mate, you drop your wallet, mate, mate, mate." <laughs> and and with a player like Salah, he wins a lot of free kicks. He wins a lot of penalties. That's kind of half of his game to be, to be in, yeah. in in twenty twenty. To be honest, so yeah, and I I felt really <laughs> I felt really sorry for them. Silly. 
Yeah, Pete's got this overflow of emotion. I, I think it's... I have, yeah. It's, I'm a bit tired. I've not had that much sleep, so I'm just a bit emotional. I'm like, I've got a Monday hangover, but it's not through booze. It's through just lack of sleep. Oh, <laughs> I thought oh, it was just the what? joy of the game that we're going to come on to uh, in the second half, but yeah. hey, <laughs> spoiler yeah. alert on that. So Liverpool, <laughs> 60, they went 68 games undefeated at Anfield. And they're now on three consecutive home defeats for the first time since 1963. Now, clearly this season and bits of last season, home and away doesn't mean the same as it would, Pete, if you were, you know, meeting a whole load mm. of angry Liverpool fans as you as you skied your penalty towards the cop. But that is quite a surprising state of affairs. And also to collapse in that manner with ten with th- ten goals in three minutes, with three goals in ten minutes. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, I, I think it all had to, very much had to do with Foden being being put out on the right. He was just he, he just they couldn't handle his movement. His goal, it was like a Rabona. Like he's kind of like fl- one foot and then just smashed it in before the keeper, the defenders could even shape their body to to, to block it. So I think it, you know Pep Guardiola got, reacted uh, in the right way to to, to how the, how the match was going. And and um, although they did did, did miss a miss a penalty early on, um, they, they were well worth a win in the end. But it was very much Pep Guardiola getting his 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 uh, his tactics right as a reaction to what was happening uh, on the field. And to be honest, Jürgen Klopp having limited options, I think, in, in many ways. Yeah. I think there's a there's a there's uh, there's probably a reasonable explanation for why Man City is starting to pull away, which is that if you look at these circumstances, uh, you know, with everything that's going on around the globe and uh, and the strangeness of playing without, um, without fans, most... You know, most managers are going to look at that and go, oh, God, you know, this is what a weird set of circumstances. But Pep Guardiola is going to be like, new variables, unforeseen <laughs> variables. <clears throat> oh, my God, hook those variables to my veins. <laughs> I love variables. It's a problem for me to solve. <clears throat> and he's loving it. Can we talk about Jamie Carragher turning into a goat? Uh, tell me oh, more yeah. about this because I was I was doing the updates on Sky, so you don't actually get the commentary during the game. Um, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> effect- effectively, it was for Alison's first mistake, wasn't it? Uh, and it, it was what it led to uh, Gundogan's <laughs> goal. Um, and it was it, it was he you know he had a little run of, of 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 effectively mistakes. I'm sure you've seen the goal, but on the first one. They ended up getting away with it before Alisson later kicked it out to a City player afterwards. But as that happened, Carragher just sort of went <laughs> in the background, like slightly off camera, <laughs> off off mic. Sorry, but it it sounded like you know when you watch those compilations of goats that sound like humans because <laughs> goats scream in the same way that humans do, and it's the funniest thing in the world. But Carragher. I guess Carragher is the person that these goats sound like. It, it was so strange. Yeah, it was comparable to when Gary Neville made that noise when Fernando Torres scored that goal against Barcelona for Chelsea. They're, oh! both, they're both quite similar in that, don't they? they? They don't mind sort of just just expressing themselves through the uh, the medium of weird grunting. <laughs> yeah, Martin Tyler does it a bit as well. By the end of it, that's it's going to devolve into into just them grunting, and it, I'm, <laughs> I'd enjoy it. I think. Obviously, everyone on Twitter would still get mental at all of them, but whatever. I feel as though having a full and varied vocal range is a strong part of being a commentator. I think. I mean, are you saying you enjoyed the goat, or or you feel like it? Could oh, I be love finessed? the goat. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Kate, would you would you consider doing that on Sky Sports News? Up next, 
Ooh. We chat to Jürgen Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your colleagues are doing it. They're setting the example. Yeah, it's true. It was Clinton Morrison on the uh, uh, on the updates as well. So sorry to be clear. I was watching the game, but there's just no there's just no commentary. Um, and then you go to an update uh, for anyone who just wants to watch all the stuff, all the build up to the Super Bowl and various other things, rather than just watch the game itself. But anyway, yeah, Clinton Morrison did make a similar a similar noise as he watched Allison just pass into the feet of a player who wasn't on his team twice. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Allison is he's very handsome, but he's got one of those noses that you know by the time he hits 50, it's going to be like a big, big nose. It's going to be mm. like an old man's nose. Um, and your nose in your... Is, I think I don't know whether women's noses and ears grow, but certainly men's grow throughout their lives, don't they? So Allison's yeah. just going to be a big beard with a big nose. He's going to look like a, a cartoon of a Viking or a cartoon of a, of a miner or something from a video game yeah. in the 90s. That's news to <laughs> he me, is handsome. Though, isn't he? he's very that, handsome I thought your ears were like this This cannot be true now I've started to say it out loud but I thought your ears were pretty much the same size oh god I'm embar- I've embarrassed myself they can't be the same <laughs> size when you're a baby as they are for the rest of your life can they I would very much like no. to say that <laughs> no Jürgen Klopp said afterwards top four is the main target is that good enough top four what a disgrace I'm saying it's not good enough, I think. <laughs> no, I, Roy Keane was saying similar as well, wasn't he? Wasn't he just... Saying that they're bad champions and that they're, you know, they're... They were, I don't know, whatever he was saying, their parents raised them terribly and like, <laughs> they should all be ashamed of themselves. Like, I love it. <laughs> love it when he have sticks Liverpool, the boot in. Have Liverpool got the option of uh, European football anymore? Because haven't they been banned from travelling anywhere? Oh, yes. <laughs> can't, they can't go and play their football matches. So, look, they, they, yeah. this could be the only chance of Silverware. They might get kicked out for being naughty COVID pariahs. As a point of yeah. order, what? Pete, as I'm sure everyone knows, this is not specific to Liverpool. This does seem to be an England-wide well. concern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, Jamie Carragher was saying he's worried they make, make the, wouldn't make the top four. You know, there's been talk that they are prioritising that and you know, there's a lot of kind of doom and gloom about it. I mean, they are in fourth now. Yeah. Like they, it's, you know, they, they'll probably, they'll yeah. probably qualify Jim. for the Champions League. Let's calm down. Yeah, if the season were to be, if it were to be rendered, well, not null and void, but if we're to be stopped now, they would, yes, they would be in the Champions League. That's absolutely right. But they are 10 points off the top of the table where Manchester City perch with their game in hand. Ah, let's get to a bunch of bottlers. Manchester United, three. Everton, three. At Old Trafford. We got to experience a 95th minute Dominic Calvert-Lewin equaliser for Everton at Manchester United. What a lovely little goal. At pace, coaxed in a point-blank range. But we also, I mean, that was by far not... Good, good English, Kate. That was by far not the most beautiful goal of the game, right? There was also Bruno Fernandes' be- ludicrously beautiful girl yeah. was that your favorite i also love the hammers rodriguez one this had yeah i think oh i think what was the best one i think the fernandez one am i being a bit harsh on the goalkeeper thinking he perhaps should have been you, on his line a bit more you are you are being harsh on the goalkeeper. I am. <laughs> the problem was surely was the defender who you know to paraphrase big sam talking to someone post match did you hear his post match after after west brom lost to spurs he said to whoever it was who was interviewing him on the on talkspot i think oh so what do you do if harry kane gets the ball 
and the interviewer had to be like, you close him down. And Big Sam was like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, even you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to paraphrase that, what happens if Bruno, you do not give Bruno Fernandes the amount of time that he was no. given. You could just watch that whole thing playing out in slow motion, couldn't you? A lot of people. He's, one, he's so good at finding space, though, isn't he, Fernandez? Mm. So it's mm. it's very difficult to stop him getting getting that time and space. I think, um, I think even though when you look back at individual highlights, you think, oh yeah, someone should have done this, someone should have done that. But he seems to just pop up everywhere. I think a lot of um, was it even the Manchester United Twitter page account thingamajig? Didn't they compare that goal to Eric Cantona's against Sunderland, where he sort yeah. of chipped yeah. it over the keeper? I think I don't think it was quite that good. No, no, no. exactly. Mind you, the, the the quality of opposition probably better than Sunderland in the nineties, but still. <laughs> Let's just enjoy both those goals on their own merits, shall we, guys? Yeah, we don't need to rank them. This weekend really delivered. Um, when there's when there's been a lot of frankly dull games lately, especially mm. between some of the top sides. Um, terrible and, goalkeeping and this was, was a great one of them. <laughs> terrible goalkeeping, yeah, exactly, more terrible yeah. goalkeeping. I just, please. It, I just like it. People look at like the green shoots in their garden, maybe you know carrots starting to sort of grow. <laughs> uh, but I just see De Gea just having a terrible time as as the as the oh. mark that says spring is about to arrive. So I'm I'm yeah. really positive about things. I'm glad I'm glad De Gea starting to just mess things up (laughs) (laughs) I am I'm also very impressed by Calvert Lewin because he scored um, he's scored in the last two games I think and he'd had a bit of a drought Mm. and I think if you are going to be a top striker you need to um, come out of a, a drought with with a run of goal scoring performances, and that's what he's doing. And he really looks like the real deal, and someone who is going to play for, you know, whether that be Everton or someone that he moves on to later, that will mm. that will have a career for a top team, and hopefully will be a, a regular kind of effective player for England. Because yeah. I just think he's brilliant. He looks a bit like Theo Walcott's cool older brother, despite being a lot <laughs> younger than him. I don't really understand. How, but he does, and he's great. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that team are quite threatening in the air, certainly at, at the death in football matches, and and I think everyone saw that that um, equaliser uh, coming from ahead, but it didn't. It just dropped to dropped to uh, him. But I think the the difference with Everton in the first half compared to the, the second is that that Everton were just trying to be a team that tried to play out from the back. And then when they realise they're not very good at that sort of thing, <laughs> they try and move the ball a little, little bit forward quickly. Um, they, they, they managed to uh, they managed to start start putting goals away. But yeah, they look really confused and they invited pressure on themselves from Manchester United in, in, in the first half. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a really good performance in the end, I think, uh, to, to come back from that. Yeah, exactly. Let's not forget, they, were, they already came back from 2-0 down. Uh, with a couple of goals in the in the start of the second half, the James Rodriguez one we've already mentioned, and also the Abdoulaye Decoré, De, De Gea cock mm. up, and then it looked as though Scott McTominay had won it with also actually a pretty great goal. Um, what a season he's having! Yeah, he's he's got that in his game as well. That is, uh, I mean, I'm beaten now in seven away games, Everton. I know we've already said this this very show that that, hey, home and away is a slightly different concept this season. But even still, Jim, that's a that's a good streak wherever you're playing your matches, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. You've still got to be winning the games, haven't you? Um, yeah, it's, it's impressive stuff from Everton. I, um, I hope Carlo Ancelotti's all right, having had a <laughs> hug from Duncan Ferguson. I mean, I've, my, my ribs have kind of feel bruised in sympathy just even having seen that happen. Oh, I was going to say, um, I'm glad he didn't manage to get hold of Dominic Calvert-Lewin because, I mean, they need him in the next few games, yeah. right? <laughs> like... If anything's going to put you off winning the league, 
It's like, oh God, how how bad will that get? Like, <laughs> if we can go back to Jamie Carragher um, as well, without sadly without having to make a goat noise, I think he just sounded like a human for this. He said that Did he it? was saying that he th- feels like Man United have, have bottled the title race and that they're just sort of happy to be involved. And obviously, that's a little bit of a, a Liverpool focused dig, you would think. But do you, do you think that's fair? Because this this is a sort of there, there were times where they looked a little bit. I mean, you know effectively losing the points at the death like that isn't what you what you should be doing if you come for the title yeah exactly right Jim I mean and and there's also been referenced another famous 4-4 uh, Everton draw that potentially cost United in in 2012 so maybe maybe that's what he was thinking of I mean it's hard to see much past Manchester City after watching that game at the weekend they're of course yeah. five po- but five points clear with a game in hands. There's a lot um, of bottling going like on, though, machine, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Whereas United Apart decisively don't look like a machine, do they? No. Well, this is it, isn't it? Like you, if if City starts to run away with it, you need someone to not give up. But I don't know who that is. <laughs> Leicester, Brendy's boys. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, Marcus isn't here, so I have to, I have to help you out with saying it. It sounds as though you guys both see, <laughs> both think that this is that that they're not the team to do that, to push them all the way. What, Man United? Yeah, I'd, yeah I'd, I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by it because, I mean, obviously there's a lot been said about Solskjaer's reign on this podcast and everywhere about how, you know, he doesn't seem like the the uh, the guy to, to take them forward, but they've stuck with him and the results are coming through. They, they are a lot better than they've been in a long time and, you know, maybe it's premature to write them off. But I, I I'm actually... It's really nice to see a team stick with a manager and it start to bear fruit. So, I don't know. I wonder if it, maybe this season's a bit too much of a stretch because the circumstances are too weird and City are clearly on one. But, you know, maybe next season they would actually challenge a bit more. I don't just, know. Just get Wise Harry Maguire to not Ollie's play. Ollie's at the wheel and I'm here for it. <laughs> just get Harry Maguire to not play the entire side like Everton on side <laughs> like in the last minute of the match I mean that that's just simple kind of dead ball management <laughs> yeah wise words from you both guys let's get to a break where presumably Manchester United will find the opportunity to sack their manager see you in a sec Game three is Wolves v Leicester. We've chosen Peter to pick the goal scorer for that. Here's what he had to say. The old Wolves versus the Foxes. I don't think there's going to be any goals in this match, so I'm going for a no-zero nada draw. Oh, what an amazing surprise. The most pessimistic man I've ever met in my entire life. If, if, I, if, I, if I've met probably... How many people do you reckon you meet in your life? I'll, maybe I'll say I've met 5,000 people in my life. I cannot think of one more pessimistic than Pete. I cannot think of one. And I'm talking about like elderly relatives on their deathbed and stuff. Right? He is still more pessimistic than them. So he's gone for no goal scorer, of course. Yes, welcome back to the Football Ramble. Pete Donaldson, always a man to take victory with characteristic elegance and insouciance mm-hmm. there. Pete. And a copy of an, an, a copy of an editing uh, package. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to provide you your Betway for to score update. Entry to Betway's for to score is free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for a chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. And the first game was 
Fulham against West Ham on Saturday, late afternoon, let's call that. Marcus picked Alamola Lickman. Alas, the result was no goal scorer, so we were out. But that was not the end of our Betway for to score journey. Because in game two, it was Manchester United up against Everton, as we've just been discussing. Saturday, eight o'clock kickoff. Andy Brassel picked Edinson Cavani, and the result was. Edinson Cavani and then in came game three Wolves against Leicester Sunday two o'clock kickoff Pete Pete picked no goal scorer Pete and his pessimism mm. picked correctly there was indeed no goal scorer game four Liverpool up against Manchester City Luke picked Phil Foden and Phil Foden did of course score but the result was Ilkay Gundogan so a classic appearance from the four of you guys two out of four equaling our best ever tally it sort of starts to feel as though we've got that little mental block on pushing on to get the third but a fantastic appearance from you pete i'm sure we all Mm. want to pay homage to your brilliant success it's a it's a it's a glass half full of champagne so (laughs) we'll be back with another round of betways four to score on the preview show this friday now let's get a load of these We got an email from Duncan Hall who wanted to follow up on the Hamilton jobby. <laughs> an astonishing bit of audio, has to be said. Um, yeah. Freelance uh, sort of uh, uh, commentator uh, just doing his thing and uh, doing his thing badly, it seems. As an Aki's fan, I paid £15 to watch my team lose that relegation six-point, says Duncan. Uh, and Bobby discussing his shits didn't even break the top two of worst things he did during the game. Second worst, he turned up 15 minutes late to the game because he went to the wrong stadium. Apparently, he thought we were playing at Ibrox that evening. Never mind that Rangers were playing St. Johnston later that same day. Uh, but t- taking the top spot has to has got to be that he constantly called our new deadline day st- uh, signing striker, Bruce Anderson, by the name of one of our academy graduates, Andrew Winter. He did mm. this non-stop throughout the game, even when the commentator was doing his best to uh, correct him in the nicest way possible, and even after Bruce had broken in behind and forced an own goal off the Ross County jobber in defence. He even went on to announce that midway through the second half, Bruce Anderson would be replacing Andrew Winter, even without his jobby chat, um, he should never be allowed near another game of football without first googling what the fuck lineups are. Oh. <laughs> not a numbers man. He's not following the numbers, it seems. No, <laughs> not a numbers man or a words man. No, oh. I enjoyed it. That is difficult. <laughs> I feel bad for this guy. So he thought that he thought that he'd find. We finally realised that Bruce Anderson was not Andrew Winter. So he just thought he'd sneak him in as a fake substitution to to fox the listeners. Yeah. I mean, mm. I mean, it's it's all right if you can do that do that thing on radio, but people are watching this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, just describe something else; it'll be fine. Yeah. You're not you're not I, on I the phone in... line from the former USSR <laughs> in the nineties. <90s>. <laughs> <laughs> watching the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I I I also think he was slightly behind, wasn't he? Because Aki's did then play. They drew with Rangers last night, but that wasn't at mm. Ibrox. So it's almost like he's sort of done his research and then he's yeah. had to go for a big shit, so he ran out of time. Who knows? <laughs> We've got one here also from Jeff Sleesman. 
It's been a couple of weeks since the chatter about the pool at the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium, but with the Super Bowl this weekend, last night, in fact, congrats, Tampa Bay. Uh, it dawned on me to reach out with other aquatic amenities at American sports facilities. Baseball's Tampa Bay Rays have at their stadium the Rays Touch Tank. Rather than spectators, the 10,000-gallon touch tank holds three different species of ray. The tank is just over the outfield fence, and every time a Rays player hits the ball into the water, the club donates to charity. Although, he adds, this has only happened seven times in the last 14 years. That seems like quite a lot of times. <laughs> that is a very, it does seem a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that is, that's weird. That's really, <laughs> really weird. Because t- like, I, I think we need more of this in, 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 you know, UK sport. Because yeah. a touch is a what? thing where you can touch the uh, the animals, isn't it? Or you can touch the fish. I mean, that that's seems quite dangerous. Is, that, right? that animal killed, killed Steve Irwin, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they come in a variety of different sizes, though, don't they? So right. you probably haven't got, like, a really dangerous, angry ray in there. <laughs> Go and stroke that dangerous, you know, <laughs> apex predator. Can I just say that um, aquatic amenities at American sports facilities might be one of the most pleasing sentences mm. we've ever had <laughs> buried in some correspondence on this podcast? <laughs> well done. Yeah, bring well us done, your aquatic amenities. Um, we've really enjoyed Jeff's Jeff's one. Thanks for writing in, Jeff. The email, in case you haven't emailed before, is show at footballramble.com. Now, we need to get to another bloody game because Newcastle held on to win with nine men after first Jeff Hendrick went off in the 50th minute for his needless second yellow and then Fabian Shaw couldn't continue. He's injured after Steve Bruce had made all three available substitutions. January low signing Joe Willock made his debut. He scored in the 16th minute for Newcastle. Alan Sam Maximan starting for the first time since late November. Miggy Almiron doing bits. Carl Darlow making great saves with his feet. It's going to be an absolute delight, I thought to myself as I watched this, to experience what a cock-a-hoop Pete Donaldson starts like. Start, sounds <laughs> like. Newcastle fans don't ask much, do they? And this was a brilliant effort. You must be on cloud nine. PTD, tell us. Well, I think certainly cloud nine from the cloud that I'm on uh, which is a, an improvement to many people who listen to the ramble I, I, I very much I think the highlight of the match for me was Paul Merson calling St Maximan Sam Maximus which I quite like <laughs> very enjoyable I but, mean for Paul Merson that's like pretty good <laughs> He's a, yeah, it was good. A, a Joe Willick's goal I thought was really nice. Him arriving yeah. late into the box is not something we've seen very often from mm. Newcastle United. It's the sort of run that a, a 26-year-old John Joe Shelby would be doing uh, if he wasn't 29. Or, he's only 20, yeah. I, I can't remember how old he is, but he's just he's, he's a terrible footballer at the moment. He's just that kind of like wonderful... He, I watch him play football. PT, say what? the nice things about Newcastle. Come on. Say some nice they're, they're things. They're done. Great. Kate, I think that was it. That was oh, it. Shit. I told you that was it. I'm afraid. Miggy, Miggy is now cutting in from the right. We're now playing Graham Jones's celebrated Luton Town diamond, <laughs> which which was terrible for them. Uh, probably even worse for Tim Sherwood's Villa. But it's back, baby. You thought we left it in 2015, but the diamond is back. Graham Jones and his new coaching capabilities uh, uh, adding a lot to the Newcastle lineup. So yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was a shit show from start to finish for both teams. It would be uh, completely correct about. But yeah, it was it was a it was an enjoyable little little performance in the end. All hands to the bump at the end. Lovely. 
We should probably mention yeah. the team who were defeated in this, I realise. So, yeah, it was Newcastle 3, Southampton 2. Southampton looking like the end of days. They they looked worse than they did the week before. Venerette coming, yeah. get Venerette getting his uh, getting his red card rescinded. Oh God, Venerette, yeah. because he looks. I don't know about you guys. Do you agree? I've always thought he looks a bit like um, the tall one off the Inbetweeners. Uh, is it Neil? Yeah, so Neil. Just, yeah. A, just a, little, a, slight, a little bit of that. A style of him. So he's a little. He, I've always thought he looks a little bit hapless. And then has a <laughs> he's man playing how you would imagine Neil to play at the moment. Has a man ever had a worst? a worse week in the Premier League than this. He has his own, astonishing. own goal. He's sent off in the 9-0. He gets it rescinded. He thinks, finally, my luck has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Better off staying sent off. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And you would think as well that having Southampton being in the unique position of having to pull, like pick themselves up and pull themselves together after a 9-0 defeat, mm. that they have a bit of experience of that. Nope. No. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Just absolutely collapsing all over again. I mean, I suppose it could have been worse, but um, go on. Especially you know, being, being at no, down to nine at the end. But um, oh no, they weren't down to nine. Well, I'm trying. I'm giving them too much credit. It was Newcastle down to nine. What's <laughs> yes. going on in my brain? I'm, no, the point <laughs> I about can't Newcastle. Fathom how this has happened. Sorry, the point about Southampton is that they can't cope with playing either against or with nine men. You would have thought. Yeah. yeah. You would have thought the, the, one the would number be nine just freaks them out. Yeah. <laughs> just they they can't deal with it. It's going to be like that terrible Jim Carrey movie about the, whatever number it was. Every now and then a, a movie comes along and it's a, it's about a specific number, isn't it? And some weirdos going, "It's all connected. It all leads to the number nine. And that's what's happening <laughs> to Southampton right now. <laughs> Lovely bit of skill, I suppose we can talk about from Southampton was James Ward-Prowse's fourth direct free kick of the season. Only battered He's ridiculous. by David Beckham in 2000-2001 and Lauren Robert in 2001-2002. Yeah. I don't know what was happening at the turn of the millennium, but there we go. Impressive and ultimately irrelevant stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think get rid of indirect free kicks. Okay. I, what just, do you mean? As in like... I just... I th- I just think it's stupid. I think just every free... Why can't you shoot from some free kicks? I just think it's a stupid rule. But mm. what, if the, what if the free kick's in the box? That's unhelpful, isn't it? Do you remember the one... You know the ones that are in the box yeah. where they've got to lay them off? They're, that's unhelpful. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. It's pointless. If, if you've given away a free kick, the kick should be free, effectively. <laughs> These limited free kicks. They shouldn't be... Free, free kicks! Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Let them be free. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, they're, they're so good to watch, aren't they? When Will Prowse scores those, you just think, oh, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad I witnessed that. And then um, <laughs> it was obviously just after that that uh, Jeff Hendrick went off for reasons best known to himself. Again, it was another yeah. one of those ones, Jim, like you were mentioning earlier. Like, why is he doing that? Well, has he dropped his wallet? Yeah, so, exactly, it's a strange one. It's like he just had it in for Minamino. Maybe he had dropped something and he was just trying to give it back to him all game. <laughs> just really, really strange. Good to yeah. see Minamino scoring as well because uh, he's, he, he he's not had a great run in, in the Liverpool side and the, the way that Liverpool were playing at the weekend, you probably thought, wow, maybe he should have stayed there because uh, they lacked yeah. a lot of creativity. It was, uh, yeah, it's good, it's good to see him doing his thing. Yeah, the only negative for Steve Bruce, Pete, the only negative... Uh, Fabian Scher looks as though he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, he's torn some ligaments. Yeah. So get well soon, Fabian. He he's, it says Oof. he hopes to be around for the Euros, but bloody hell. Torn ligaments are not a pretty thing to be dealing with. 
So, yeah. That's a big loss as well, isn't it's it, Pete? a big Pete? loss. Uh, I mean, Newcastle um, centre-backs, they've had f- a funny season, but f- the, the the great joy from Fabio Fabian Scher is just the fact that, A, he's very handsome, and B, he loves to go on a, a sortie. He loves to go on a bit of a march upfield, Maguire-esque uh, kind of skills, mm. and he and he's got a good shot on him as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I, love, I love watching him in full flight. It's Albert-esque at times. Oh, well, and now you can't. Yeah, I hope he's all right. <laughs> no, I can't. Hopefully he'll be back for the Euros. But uh, let's get quickly to Sheffield United up against Chelsea. Chelsea, so it's 2-1 Chelsea final score. Uh, Chelsea, though, generously providing all the goals in this one. Mason Mount first, just before <laughs> half-time, set up by Timo Werner. He's got plenty of assists, even if he doesn't score. And then... Antonio Rüdiger's, would we call it, playful own goal past, past it, was, it was like a <laughs> golf putt, wasn't it? The curl on it, you rarely see that, even on a pass, let alone on a goal. <laughs> you Don't do that, Antonio. <laughs> you enjoyed it, right? I loved it. I'm all for it. I'm all for a slightly comedy own goal, unless it's my own team doing it, which, they, well, I mean, they do, so you just get on board, I suppose. <laughs> Four games, no losses for Tommy Tooks. Yeah. This is the man we like to see in the Premier League. And not only is he... Says he, he couldn't a... care less about the Champions League. He couldn't League, care less. He? He's already going for the big prize. Don't say that. No, he couldn't care less. <laughs> he wants to win the title yeah. this season. He He's the man who's going to challenge uh, Manchester City. I'm glad it's... I'm glad that's clear. Quick word on Sheffield United, I guess. Three wins in six league games. Not bad. Given mm. that in the first 17, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't have any. Um... But then last time they were off the bottom spot was November the 7th, which is also when they last lost to Chelsea. 4-1 that time. I guess this, yeah. is, this, is, this is an improvement, really. I mean, Wright, he's backing them, isn't he? Wright, he's been talking them up quite a lot on Match of the Day. And obviously he's like my football dad, so I have to slightly get on board with that. He doesn't I know think. who you but, are. Um, no, he doesn't. <laughs> it's annoying. Um, but do you, think, do you think they've got a chance of turning it around? At all, because they look they look adrift. But as you say, they have you know they've been a lot better lately. And this is a weird season. It only takes you know West Brom and Fulham are st- still struggling. If they can sort of shuffle that pack around a bit, mm. then they give themselves a bit of a chance, right? When Newcastle were on the slide, I was like, oh, that. I mean, that looks very close. But then there is a bit of a a gulf, isn't there, between bottom three and and and, and mm. the fourth fourth place at the bottom? But yeah, they they're march they're, they're marching as much as that team can possibly uh, you know bring them march to that their particular sorry situation but you do sort of get the feeling that because Fulham are just kind of underwhelming they're not going to climb out of it and the so the chance of Sheffield <laughs> Sheffield getting over the top as well is just to be like oh it just it doesn't look very clever they really should have started this about two months ago yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's, get, getting a win over West Brom as well obviously yeah. is a huge huge psychological win so who knows? Well, well Big Sam was was uh, claiming goals that were ruled out for offside as goals. <laughs> he was saying, "Well, we scored two goals, yeah. and you know, it's it was like, well, you didn't, though, did you, Sam? Because they were ruled out for offside." Doesn't, yeah. doesn't count as a goal. Well, to be fair, though, we are talking about, about a man who's never been relegated despite having been relegated with Notts County. So he does do that, doesn't he? Never been relegated relegation. from the Premier League, you cheeky sausage. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They go on to play Sheffield United. Play West Ham next. Monday the 15th of February. See what the ferryman can make of those lads. Right, guys, before we go, we have some very important news to discuss and I think it's only right that we spend a full 15 minutes on the following. A Brazilian player has been suspended for eight games for a naked celebration. 
After scoring in the 95th minute to take São Paulo Correa into the Rio de Janeiro State's first divi- division, so a big win this, Emerson Carioca took off his top and his shorts to windmill his old chap towards a group of opposition players. <laughs> the, the, the picture that accompanies this piece of news brilliance he, he's looking over his shoulder and he looks genuinely scared of his own I don't know sexuality his own body I yeah. don't know he looks absolutely shocked maybe he's just the, the, the consequences of his own wheelicopter are dawning on him as it's spinning around maybe I don't know eight games seems a lot doesn't it yeah his apology was it wasn't premeditated. I couldn't handle the emotion. However, I was wrong. I hoped I would only be in my underwear. Oh, so it was accidental. So, oh, so he didn't have his underwear on. Is that is it? Was that is he blaming the, the the fact that he wasn't he forgot to put undergrundies on? Oh, I see. Was oh, he accidentally sort of like put his Chippendale kit on? It's like, oh go, <laughs> well, the whole thing comes off. I thought, Pete, <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where your your underwear doesn't do as you tell? I mean, like. Uh, your underwear um, is generally one of the few things that one can keep under one's own control in life. I feel. I, I mean, to, I mean, underwear is very much uh, the whole job is to keep everything in control, where, whether things are going out, things are just staying there, or otherwise. I guess. <laughs> so, in that picture as well, did you see? It's not that he's taken everything completely off. He's just sort of pulled his pulled his shorts down, sort of mm. like he's about to go for a Hamilton jobby. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, if he's pull, if he's pulling his pants down and he's, he's shocked by the fact he's not wearing underwear, I don't think Willycopter should be his next part of call. He should be pulling pulling no. the old pants back up. But in the words of Creed Bratton from The Office, sometimes you just got hangbrain. <laughs> it started a brawl, didn't it? Yeah. I wouldn't have thought you would want to be near that, particularly. Exactly. If someone's willycoptering in my vicinity, my my initial instinct is not to attack that person. <laughs> <laughs> like stay well away. Sort of, yeah. He's got nothing. I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> that could have ended up being a very sorry tale, couldn't it? If that if that really helicopter got too involved in the. I mean, eight, you don't want to get caught in the waters. Yeah. I believe it has been challenged, although no word yet as to whether or not the the suspension has been has been limited. I suppose David well. Louise didn't get his overturned, so you just can't understand anything these days. No. <laughs> the laws of the game they've gone mad yeah game's gone <laughs> if a man can't willycopter his old chap after p- getting his team promoted what can he do I don't really know how to make the link next to our Football Ramble Presents uh, plug that I'm going to tell you all about but I would like to do that head over guys if you've got a moment after you finish listening to this to Football Ramble Presents there's a very special Ramble meet on there with our former England goalkeeper Rachel Brown Finnis um, she's an excellent listen lots of amazing stories including how she once trained on the slopes of a volcano in Iceland it's a lovely old chat with um, Mark Pugach Head over to Football Ramble Presents. So don't forget, it's a separate feed to the one where you're getting this podcast and you can find it at the top of there. I think you'll really enjoy it. Guys, that's it from us. Are you going to willycopter your way out of here, PTD? Um, well, I'd have to sort of go backwards. I'm thinking of the configuration of where my genitals are. I would have to willy myself backwards out of the room, possibly into the shower. Not a shower yet, so maybe that's how I... <laughs> When you say where my genitals are, are they're not in like, the normal place. <laughs> they're just above the belly button, Jim. It's, uh, <laughs> it helps with uh, the airflow. 
We've ranged into quite a lot of territories here, guys. Thanks a lot for your company this morning, Pete. Uh, no, my pleasure. <laughs> uh, thanks, Jim. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you too. Well done, everyone. On tomorrow's show, it's Marcus, Pete and Andy. Pete can take it from there. See you next time. Ta-da. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.